Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Callion's second quarter results conference call. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Kevin Ford, Chief Executive Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, David, and good morning, everyone. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. With me this morning is Patrick Houston, our CFO, and we'd like to welcome you to Callion's second quarter 2020 conference call. To start off, I'd like to thank all of the frontline health and essential service workers for their dedication and courage during this extraordinary time. Frontline health workers, Canadian Armed Forces members, and other essential service professionals, including our own dedicated staff at Callion, are out there serving those in need and as a result encountering exposure risk every day. From all of us at Callion, I want to express that we recognize and deeply appreciate your service. Through this crisis, Callion has remained resilient. We have activated our own emergency management expertise internally to ensure we are responding appropriately in our crisis management. As a result, our experienced executive and management teams have been deeply engaged on a daily basis, ensuring leaders are well briefed and that we are taking necessary actions in response to this unprecedented global challenge. While we have experienced some impacts on the company, overall, I am very proud of our second quarter results. We posted a quarterly revenue record of 104 million, representing the first time we've exceeded 100 million in a quarter. It was also our seventh consecutive quarter in which we recorded our highest ever revenue. We also reported our 74th consecutive profitable quarter. Overall, the quarter reflected the essential nature of our services to our customers. Even in this turbulent environment, our continued focus has been growing our business organically and through acquisitions and doing this while continuing to deliver consistent profitability. The advanced technology segment posted very positive organic revenue growth of 60% compared to the same period a year earlier. This included top-line contributions from our new ground systems project and the newly launched mobile wireless product. Health revenues rose 16% from a year earlier as we closed the acquisition of all-phase Alio and continued to grow organically. Information technology posted 7% revenue growth on stronger solution sales from our cybersecurity practice, and the learning segment had a slight decline due to some delays in major training exercises related to COVID-19 and the pace of new business. I would like to thank our dedicated team at Callion for their efforts during this unprecedented time. From my perspective, they truly are the stars who have been carrying Callion through this very challenging business environment. I will now ask Patrick to review the quarterly numbers. Over to you, Patrick. Thank you, Kevin. It's exciting to post another record quarter with the results reflecting continued revenue and earnings growth. Second quarter revenue increased 25% year over year, while EBITDA was up 55%. The company's essential services and the stability of our diversified business was evident in the quarter. As advanced technologies, health, and IT posted solid revenue and EBITDA growth compared to the prior year quarter. We continue to believe that Callion's diversified, profitable growth engine is one of the company's unique strengths. During the month of March, as the government implemented stay-at-home orders and other physical distancing measures, the 
company experienced a reduction in revenue of $1.2 million. Please see our MD&A for further discussion of the impact of COVID-19 in the quarter. Going forward, we currently anticipate measures to be in place until at least early June. And, and as a result, anticipate a further revenue impact of $6 million to $8 million in the current fiscal year. Consolidated gross margin in the quarter was 22.5%, an improvement from 21.7% in the second quarter of the prior year, largely due to contributions from our acquisitions and an increase in new business at higher margin profiles. Operating expenses in the second quarter were $13.3 million. This compares to $11.6 million in the same quarter of the previous year, a 15% increase. The increase was the result of costs from our recent acquisitions, as well as increased resources as we continue to invest in our business development and delivery engines to support the company's growth. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $10.2 million, an increase of 55% from $6.6 million in the same quarter of the previous year. Adjusted EBITDA in Q2 included a favorable impact of $0.8 million from the adoption of IFR 16. Growth on a pro forma basis year-over-year was 40%. Please see our financial statements and MD&A for reconciliation of the impact of this accounting change. Net profit in the second quarter was 5.3 million, an increase of 36% from 3.9 million in the same period of the prior year. And adjusted net profit in the second quarter was 6.8 million, an increase of 51%. Working capital in the quarter increased by 11.8 million. This was a result of ongoing implementation of our large ground system project and the impact of the change in the U.S. to Canadian dollar foreign exchange rate at the end of the month of March. The impact of overall business growth was offset by better-than-expected collections and prudent cash management. With respect to our large ground system project, working capital demand on, this, on the project in the quarter was $9.5 million. We expect to have additional usage in Q3 before seeing improvements by the end of the fiscal year of about $5 million from our current position. Our cash and cash equivalents balance ended at approximately $33 million. During the quarter, we repaid our credit facility balance of $26 million, and we will continue to maintain our $60 million credit facility with RBC for future use. Finally, we were pleased to announce the completion of our public offering this quarter, in which we issued 1.56 million shares for net proceeds of just approximately $66 million. This, was, this has significantly strengthened our balance sheet and will provide liquidity going forward to execute our profitable growth strategy. Post-transaction, we now have approximately 9.6 million shares outstanding, and our weighted average shares outstanding for this fiscal year will be approximately 9.1 million. Please note that certain information discussed today is forward-looking and subject to important risks and uncertainties. The results predicted in these statements may be materially different from actual results. I'll now turn it back over to Kevin. Thank you, Patrick. Overall, I was happy to see Kelly's growth strategy continue through the quarter, despite the challenging and extraordinary business environment across the global economy. When speaking to our investors, I use the phrase often, stability through diversity, growth through innovation. And from my perspective, we're continuing to demonstrate the value in our four piston engine. During the quarter, on January 31st, we announced the acquisition of health services companies All-Phase Clinical Research Services and Allio Health Services, based in Ottawa. The companies serve the pharmaceutical and medical device industry and the broader health sector with clinical trial services, 
specialty medication support, community care, and other services, all enabled by an innovative healthcare delivery software management application. This acquisition supports all four pillars of our growth framework and specifically diversifies our customer base into pharmaceuticals, home care, and hospitals, and supports Cowing's innovation agenda with software-enabled services. Congratulations to our health team for closing this exciting acquisition, and again, a warm welcome to the all-phase Alio teams to Callion. In a challenging environment, we continue to win new business and renew contracts. Callion posted strong contract signings of $140 million in the quarter, increasing our overall contract backlog. These included wins in our advanced technology segment for the provision and installation of ground systems in the European market, increased contract backlog in health due to numerous wins, as demand for our health services remained very strong. The all-phase ALU acquisition also added to our contract backlog. For the IT segment, we continue to see demand on cybersecurity services and increased demand for IT consulting with a major defense contractor. In learning, we are seeing increased demand for emergency management support services across First Nations, provincial, municipal, and critical infrastructure organizations. The first pillar of Callion's growth framework is customer retention. Post quarter two, we were pleased to announce the successful recompete for a contract from the Department of National Defense to provide training services for the Canadian Forces School of Aerospace Technology and Engineering. With two optional extension periods of two years each, the aggregate contract value over the six period, six year period is approximately $54 million. We continue to work on a daily basis to adjust the delivery of products and services for our customers, despite a rapidly evolving environment, both within Canada and internationally. The criticality of what we do has meant that we have seen excellent collaboration and support from our customers, which we greatly appreciate. Our management team will continue to adjust as needed to ensure the continued operation of all four segments while focusing on the safety of our employees. In closing, I am pleased with the continued execution of our strategy in the quarter. Continued investment in research and development and M&A will be critical to our growth and continued push into new markets. With a solid cash position and access to our debt facility, we have the liquidity we need to carry us through the short term and balance sheet and cash flows to support Calian's continued innovation and long-term profitable growth objectives. Lastly, while the traditional markets in which Calian operates are managing through this pandemic, management expects organic revenue and earnings growth opportunities in most or all of our segments through the successful execution of our growth strategy. However, we must caution that revenues realized are ultimately dependent on the extent and timing of future contract awards, customer utilization of existing contracting vehicles, and any impacts due to COVID-19, specifically government regulations related to physical distancing, stay-at-home orders, and broader global travel restrictions. Based on currently available information and our assessment of the marketplace, we have maintained our previously issued guidance, but have adjusted the per share numbers which have been impacted by the issuance of shares in our previously mentioned public offering. We expect revenues for fiscal 2020 to be in the range of 380 million to 410 million, EBITDA per share in the range of $3.77 to $4.03, and adjusted net profit in the range of $2.21 to $2.48 per share. Please see our press release for, and NDNA for a complete reconciliation of the issuance of shares and the impact on our guidance. So David, with that, I'd like to now open the call to questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, the floor is open for questions. If you would like to ask a question, you may do so now by pressing star. 
star 1. If you are using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is disabled to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, press star 1 to ask a question now. Our first question comes from Doug Taylor with Canaccord Genuity. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, Kevin, Patrick. So you maintained your revenue and EBITDA guidance, which is certainly saying something in these markets, and that's despite you know the the your projected impact from from COVID. Um, so I guess I just want to ask: I mean, is there a particular area of outperformance? you know, uh, be it advanced technologies or otherwise that's offsetting the, that the impact that you, you spoke about? Or is it just that you, you feel like your guidance range was wide enough that you can um, kind of swallow that impact within the originally established range? Yeah, Doug, thanks, thanks for the question. I, I think what we're seeing is, um, as, as Patrick mentioned, you know, we've been able to quantify the impact of COVID-19 both in the context of, of our recent quarter and, and projecting forward, we're working with a management team to literally almost person by person, project by project, identify the impacts. So we feel the, the range of the impacts right now based on what we know today and our estimations of the, of the timeline are correct. And what we're seeing in offsets is um, just, just the uh, increased demand on health services, for example. Um, some of our other projects in our IT group uh, have, have weathered the storm very well in the context of staying uh, able to, uh, to continue working. And then our advanced technology segment as well, uh, with the projects uh, pretty well all deemed essential, uh, we'll be able to, to maintain our schedules and also uh, ideally hope to improve even our schedule implementation. So it's really a mix of a few things that are, are allowing us to hold our guidance despite the COVID impact. And, uh, and even though there is challenges out there, we, we do see some opportunities for us as well, just by the nature of our services. Okay. Um, appreciate the, the guidance on the, the future COVID-19 impact in the, in the coming quarters. Um, we talked on a previous call about that sort of being a three to $4 million a month range while the restrictions were in place. Um, that appears consistent with the number you've provided or reiterated today, but I thought I'd ask, you know, if it's, you know, that amount of impact is front end loaded to April. And if, for example, the, the restrictions were to last longer than the June one date that you're talking about here, whether the impact on future months would actually be less than the range I just kind of talked about. Yeah, I think certainly. I think your point. Uh, it's good. Most of the impact is going to be uh, at the beginning of Q3 here, and, and it's going to start tapering off. I think if it does get extended, you know, obviously we will continue to see some impact. But I think, um, you know, perhaps on a decreasing rate because we'll be able to get some portion of the services going again. Um, we're seeing customers are still working with us to try to get either partial uh, return so that they don't lose the capacity completely. Um, so I think the longer that goes, I think we continue to see more of that. So I think there'll be a, a, an impact just on a decreasing rate. That's that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, you know, last question for me, and I'll pass the line. M&A um, in this environment, I, I, I can appreciate that everyone is uh, uh, kind of hoarding their uh, cash and liquidity right now. Uh, and, you know, you guys have never been ones to rush these things. But can you comment on how the environment looks for potentially additional M&A right now, both your appetite uh, and uh, pricing and things like that. Um, that would be helpful. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I, I think for us, the um, 
you know, to be honest with you, the the focus hasn't changed. You know, our, our clearly our COVID-19 impact and, and response has been a daily call with the team um, with regard to managing um, managing that uh, managing operations. But balancing that out has been our continued focus on growth. So uh, we continue with research and development projects. We continue with our M&A platform uh, as far as looking. Um, for opportunities aligned to our four segments and our strategies. So I would say, Doug, that um, we are still um, – that, that, that element of our business hasn't changed. The thing you have to consider is just the ability to do, you know, uh, proper due diligence in, in a COVID-19 world. Uh, so we're adjusting to that with regard to, uh, you know, our discussions with our board, discussions with our staff. But right now, it's uh, full steam ahead. We want to. We all. We want to not only come out of COVID nineteen with good results. I want to come out as stronger than ever with us ready to go and not taking a step back in our growth posture. So, uh, so we see opportunities across the segments just by the diverse nature. Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions out there on valuation right now. Uh, the one thing I would say I have noticed is that companies that are serving or essential services or are managing through this very well, you know, I don't think there's a big valuation impact. I think what we're seeing, obviously, is companies that are, are maybe more affected than others that uh, maybe the valuation question could come into play in the short term. So uh, we're seeing a real mixed bag right now on valuation, to be honest with you, and I think it really depends on the company's uh, customer segments and, and the deemed, quote-unquote, essential services that they're providing. Uh, that's good color. Thank you. I'll pass the line. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Thank you. Our next question comes from Deepak Kaushal with Stiefel. Oh, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, Kevin, you know, this has been a burning question on my mind um, for you guys. And, and, you know, now we know a little bit more about the environment with COVID. But you, you guys employ internal experts on healthcare and emergency response. I'm just curious what, what they're telling you and your board about uh, COVID that's ahead of what we hear maybe in the mainstream or ahead of the curve. And, and how Callian might be able to take advantage of this insight, not just for the business, but but to benefit all all, all of your uh, stakeholders, including some of your customers. Yeah, th- thanks, Deepak. And and you know, I think I think what's happening for Callian is the fact we have those emergency management and health professionals, as you said, engaged. Um, you know, we've we've I think where it's really helped us is just on our response protocol. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have, as I mentioned, a daily call 10 o'clock every morning um, with a formal briefing to all of our management team across the country and in some cases the globe with regard to latest statistics, you know, rates by province, rates by our operating regions, um, you know, impacts with regard to whether it's in Saskatoon or in Ottawa. So I think the one thing we're seeing is our ability to digest and in, ingest information uh, look at the look at the trends, and then actually, you know, re- respond uh, proactively has been very helpful for Callian. You know, we are now finalizing our recovery protocols, leveraging the same technology, or sorry, sorry, the same methodology that we'd use for our customers with regard to how do you now you know, plan your recovery. So that's been very, very helpful for us. I think just to keep our arms around the 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 um, the response to this. As far as, you know, do we have any secret sauce or crystal ball that, you know, with regard to COVID, I would say I'm not, I'm not convinced that we're any better off than any other company other than our ability to ingest this information around multiple sources. 
And for us right now, you know, our estimates and our guidance are based on what we're seeing in the context of the numbers, uh, what we're seeing as context of the provincial and federal reaction with regard to reducing uh, some of the restrictions, and then some of our customer uh, input with regard to, for example, whether it's at national defense or whatever, our ability to work remotely or, or um, uh, get back to work at the, at the office, or we can say it that way. So I don't think we have a, a crystal ball feedback, but I think what we're doing is we're doing really well in ingesting information and making informed decisions about where and how we continue to operate and maintain our growth profile in, these, in this environment. Okay, uh, that's helpful. And then um, in terms of um, the, the, the benefits that, or the opportunities that you're seeing with COVID, I was wondering if you can just give a little bit more specific color on on what the nature of those are. I know you talked about a bit of that in healthcare and some more demand and, and in, the, in the IT side of things, but are you seeing specific, um, for example, opportunities related to telehealth or, or on the IT side in, in terms of work from home? Um, and what, what kind of commentary can you give us in terms of pipeline for that side of the business? Yeah, I think for me on the on the opportunity side, um, if you look at our advanced technologies group, it's interesting. Um, a good part of our funnel right now in sales funnel continues to be very active. Uh, you know, that gets back to that critical infrastructure, communication, support we're providing, uh, whether it's in SATCOM, you know, in mobile environments, uh, defense. Um, Intergrain right now has very, very strong uh, demand with regards to, you know, the, the, the farming season coming. We've got our SAT service group in Germany. Uh, that continues to expand its customer base. So I think that's more of a business as usual, but it's not, we don't see huge impacts right now in COVID-19. If anything, we're seeing uh, just increased demand for what I call that critical infrastructure or, or critical components to some of these sectors. <clears throat> in, our, in our health business, for sure, we're seeing increased demand um, in certain areas, in certain pockets. Uh, Northern Nursing, for example, in Nunavut, uh, we are actually... Uh, we, you know, we've gone from a couple to many, many uh, nursing uh, support in Nunavut. We've actually worked in the oil and gas sector in certain care areas for things like travel screening. Um, we're also working with organizations on the, uh, the setup of mobile hospitals. And that to us is, is brand new for us, right? And that came out of, uh, that came out of nowhere, frankly, just with regard to government response. So, so we're seeing impacts uh, there on the positive side. So just, just, again, more and more support for a health business. On the learning side with emergency management, again, these, are, these, these opportunities aren't necessarily as large, but they're definitely in demand. So as I mentioned, uh, you know, First Nations, critical infrastructure organizations, provincial municipal organizations are asking us to help them support not only the COVID response, but you have to also consider we're dealing with fire and flooding season now uh, in the majority of these areas. So, so a lot of these folks are starting to get overwhelmed just by the amount of, amount of activity they're having to deal with. In our IT services, it's basically been business as usual, but uh, our continued focus on cyber and cyber products is really uh, paying off uh, as we target and continue to invest in the sales engine there. So that not necessarily is COVID-related. It's just an impact I think we're seeing on, uh, on on our previous investments we've made in cyber. So long answer to your question, but I hope I, I hope I covered it. No, that's that's very helpful. And and if I can ask just one follow-up to that, and I'll pass the line. So so you have you know good good. Um, strength and opportunity in, in all four of these divisions. When you think of capital allocation, um, what do you expect to feed the most over the next uh, 12 to 18 months? And I'll pass mine. Thanks again. Um, from a capital allocation perspective, you know, the, the, um, 
as far as what do I expect to feed the most? Well, to be honest with you, I, I'm still really excited about all four segments, and uh, I'm not sure I have a you know preferred segment per se. Definitely our advanced tech with our ground system, large ground system project, and, and some of the new wins, uh, and some of the product development we're doing. We're still going to continue to invest capital there. Our health business, we've just acquired Alio All Phase. You know, it was a multi-million dollar investment to diversify and bring a software platform into health. So now it's about integration and and working with that team to enter new markets. Um, for learning, uh, really, we're, we're focusing on uh, more M&A support to learning, I would say, and, and in both geogra- geographic distribution and targeting Europe for sure, um, as well as you know bringing a new capability for learning in areas like virtual reality, those type things. In our IT business, then, it's really a, a matter of working with uh, Sanders, our leader there, on what we call our cyber uh, footprint. Uh, as you know, the majority of our cyber business right now is coming out of Ottawa. And, um, and we've invested now in, in new headcounts in the Toronto marketplace, and we're looking at other geographic opportunities from an M&A perspective, uh, as well as potentially cloud opportunities. So all four have capital uh, opportunities. As, P- as Patrick mentioned, we're, we're strong financially, so I, I think I'm confident in, in our ability to still invest in all four, and we continue to assess the best uh, opportunities as, as they come forward. Okay, thank you again, and, and stay safe, guys. Yeah, thanks, Deepa. I appreciate that. Thank you. Our next question comes from Benoit Poirier with the Desjardins Capital Markets. Yeah, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Patrick, and uh, congratulations for uh, this very strong results. Um, Just to clarify, uh, with respect to the COVID-19 impact, Patrick, uh, you previously mentioned in the former call that it was uh, you were expecting about seven to eight million in Q2 and Q3. So you just talk about the six to eight. Is it incremental to the uh, former number, or it's basically uh, uh, the new uh, kind of impact uh, that compares to the previous one? Yeah, so this is, uh, it's not on top, it's just this is the total impact. So six to eight, and we had about 1.2 million this quarter. So that's the total impact. Um, obviously, we extended the timing. If you think back to our previous call, we were hoping at that time that things would be back to normal. Now it's, it's taken longer. Um, but at the same time, we've done a bit better in terms of getting some people back to work. Um, so that's okay. why the numbers stayed fairly oh. the same. It's just a bit longer, but we've done better than we were hoping. <clears throat> And maybe a little bit skewed more toward Q3, right? Correct. We're hoping the majority of it should be Q3, and then Q4 should be hopefully back to normal. Okay, that's perfect. And just in terms of contract signings, you you were able to to put out a book to bill ratio of 1.3 in the quarter. Um, could you and you were very successful in announcing another uh, satellite ground system contract uh, recently. So could you talk about the bidding pipeline? What you would expect in terms of uh, uh, booking for the next uh, quarter to come and talk more specifically about the other other opportunities you see for satellite ground systems. Yeah, so, so maybe I'll, okay, so go ahead, Patrick, yeah, maybe you can jump in there. Okay, so, so yeah, on the ground I'll system, I mean, they're generally pretty long cycles on, on, on some of these larger deals um, as people look at their network needs and CapEx. So, um, you know, we were really glad to win that uh, transaction. Um, earlier this quarter, and it's going to start our work. It's probably going to start in Q4 and go into the following year. So it's a good project. Um, 
you know, we're still seeing lots of activity on, on RFPs coming out, and uh, our teams are, are certainly submitting them, and, and, you know, we're competing aggressively for those deals. So we haven't seen a tremendous reduction in the short, short term on, on the amount of RFPs. We just need to see them, you know, come to conclusion and whether we can successfully win them or not. So in the short term, I think we're still um, we're pleased to see that, that, that the volume of, of uh, RFPs is still there. Okay, um, and now with respect to the latest two acquisition in Ottawa, could you talk a little bit uh, still early, but about the integration and the opportunity uh, to expand those platforms organically outside Ottawa? Yeah, I'll take that. So, so, so Benoit. So, first and foremost, we're you know we're excited with Ottawa Office because of the diversification. So. Even though it's Ottawa-based, they do serve, uh, you know, they serve national customers for sure. Um, so, you know, I'm working with uh, Gordon and, and, and Jeff, who's the, the CEO of those companies. Um, we're working on now just integration for our for our playbook with regard to the back office integration and and, and those type of things. But what I'm really excited about is just the uh, market reaction to this has been very strong, and we've already seen the integration work for us in the context of responding to some of the increased demand on, from COVID-19. So um, we think there's diversification opportunities uh, right out of the blocks uh, as they brought in a whole new customer set to Calium in the pharma area, for example, home care, um, which was new to us. And then if you can imagine, you know, they now have a, you know, almost $400 million company here backing them with regard to our ability to go talk to customers and larger customers with regard to, uh, you know, the, the capability that we can bring collectively. So uh, I think it's very positive. Uh, the integration is going very well. And, and as we, you know, see more and more of the talent at the companies, uh, we're just so impressed with their, with their capabilities. And then the next piece, obviously, is looking at the, this home software application that, that they've got and, and looking at how we scale that as well going forward. So we're very excited about it. We think there's lots of integration opportunities as far as the, the one plus one equals three. And, and frankly, coming out of the blocks, it's, it's been one of our strongest ones as far as uh, coming uh, coming out of the blocks quickly. Okay, that, that's great, caller. And last one for me, when we look at primacy, uh, could you maybe provide some color on how the COVID-19 uh, impacts the, uh, the your contract with uh, primacy and LOBLA? Yeah, so what we've seen with, with that is um, not not huge impact with regard to it. Some clinics uh, had had decided to close, um, but I think generally it's business as usual. Um, just the pace of certain things that maybe have to slow down, whether it's maintenance on a clinic or whatever, just the reality of the the restrictions. But we're working with Love Lots, you know, collectively to make sure that. It's uh, the program is still running efficiently, and um, and I, I think there's been minor impact, but I don't think it's been in any way what I would be deemed as significant uh, on on the primacy network. Okay, that's great, caller, and thanks for the time. Thanks, Benoit. Appreciate the questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from Faraz Ahmad with the Laurentian Bank. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, Faraz. Um, just a quick question, just on the advanced technology segment, you obviously saw some really strong organic growth. Um, would you be able to break out, you know, how much of that was from the new ground system and how much was if, how much was from the wireless product? Yes, the ground system was pretty much uh, consistent from last quarter. Um, 
So, so that was, you know, we've kind of reached kind of our peak run rate here as we're delivering the project kind of uh, at our peak right now. But we did see pretty significant increase on the, the wireless products, so probably about uh, 3x from last quarter. So, you know, last quarter we just started deliveries, um, and now, you know, we've really gotten the supply chain going. We haven't seen any impacts there, which has been good, um, and been continuing to ship to the customer. So, so really strong growth, and that was one of the reasons why we saw the margins and, and our EBITDA contribution in advanced technologies go up this quarter. So, you know, I'm really positive about that project. <clears throat> okay, that's great. And then on the health side, um, margins came down a fair bit. Now, I imagine a lot of that is just because of the, the cost related to the acquisition of value in all phase. Um, but was there, you know, another component to it as well? I know you guys mentioned hiring as one. Yeah, we have been adding some new capacity there. Uh, obviously, you know, we're seeing some opportunity to grow, so we're, we're investing there. Uh, your point's valid on the acquisition. We did have some one-time costs in the quarter as we completed that transaction, so that's in the service line. So I think um, otherwise, I think um, you'll see the margins kind of return back to where they were in the previous quarters. And, you know, over the long term, I think probably go up a little bit as as Alio and, and all these contribution is generated a bit higher margin than our existing business. So I think you'll start to see those uh, improvements over the next couple of quarters. Okay. And then in, in terms of Alio and all phase, I know you guys have only had them for about two months now. And, and I know, Kevin, you mentioned they're performing relatively well, but is it uh, generally, you know, far and above um, the, the, the numbers that you outlined at the time of the acquisition, or is it, you know, relatively still in that range? It's, uh, you know, still in the range. I think the expectation uh, that we were, you know, again, with with our own due diligence and when we looked at the forecast and, and kind of locked in uh, numbers from uh, from a growth trajectory of the company, uh, we're seeing it's still in the range. We're, we're seeing the um, the ramp up. Um, they just had a major win, on, you know, a good-sized win just with the, the pharma, the South Pharma area. So we're we're ramping up as we expected. So all the deals that we expected to close are closing and the team is ramping up uh, well with that. So I would say it's in line with their expectations for sure. And, uh, and again, as I get to know uh, them with Gordon uh, and the team, we just, we just were pretty excited by the opportunities to bring to the table. But yeah, so far it's, it's right on trajectory that we're expecting as far as the growth opportunities and uh, the team continues to pursue and close new business, which is, uh, which is exactly the spirit of when we bought them. So it was, it was good. It's good. It's been, it's been excellent so far. Okay, great. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you speakers at this time. We have no other questioners in the queue. Okay. So listen, thanks everyone. Um, you know, Patrick and I and the team again, I want to wish everyone, uh, hope everyone can stay safe. Uh, in, in these challenging times, and uh, we do look forward to giving you an update of our Q3 results um, coming up in August. And, uh, and again, uh, our, my thanks uh, to the county team um, and our extended healthcare team and all of the folks that today that are working so hard to try and keep uh, our customers served and as well helping everyone stay safe. So with that, David, we can close the call, and we look forward to giving an update uh, in the next quarter call in August, everyone. So. Thanks, and take care. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes Callion's second quarter results conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. 
See you next time.